Good morning. Just checking everything's working as per usual. Sunny day here in sunny Southport, as they say. Sunny Southport, uh, a great place to live, but also to enjoy the sun. <laughs> um, welcome to Gospel Pursuit Broadcast. Feel Good Friday. It is back. Um, I I really enjoy these Friday sessions. Um, we we get to a chance to delve into um, a bit of uh, faith for healing, bodily healing, prosperity for your soul. Beloved, I wish above all things that you be healed, be healthy, be prosperous, even as your soul prospers. Third uh, John verse 2, I think. And uh, that was an apostle of God, um, apostle of the Lamb, John. And he one of his last letters that he wrote, he wrote that and uh, knowing all the things that were going to happen in Revelation and all the things that were going to happen uh, and all the, the things that he had been revealed and shown, the love connection that he had with Jesus personally, he was the disciple that put his head on Jesus's chest. He had that thing to say. And when we're looking at healing, you must have this revelation. You must understand the this thing. And if you look at what he says in verse 2 of uh, third John, he says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, that you be in good health, even as your soul is well. If you look at the King James, which is a little bit, I think, perhaps bolder with it. Let's go there. That was the MEV, the modern English. Sometimes these old, these newer translations just kind of not water it down necessarily, but they kind of like reduce the impact. That's why I love King James. It says, "Beloved, I wish above all things, above all things." Cross reference says, "I pray." So he's not only wishing, like hoping, he's praying. And if he, if you know this apostle, First John chapter five says that when he prays, he knows that God hears him. So if he's praying this over us, he's 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 speaking this over the church that he wrote this to the elder, or unto the well beloved Gaius, whom I loved in the truth. So personal, this is a personal letter to somebody. Uh, now this this the elder unto the well beloved. So the John unto Gaius. This I don't know who Gaius was. Maybe I need to look that up. But this letter was a very personal letter to him, obviously. I wish, I wish, I pray above all things that you, 
may prosper. We've talked about prosperity for the last few weeks. We're going to keep talking about prosperity. Um, I will not back off the things of God concerning finances, concerning health, concerning healing. And you be in health even as your soul prospers. So there's something about the soul prospering that's going to help your health prosper, that's going to help your (coughs) uh, finances prosper, your prosperity of spirit, soul, and body. There's something that happens when your soul prospers and your soul is is the area of your of your being that's connected to the spirit you never that never dies it goes with you when your body dies and it is connected and it's kind of like the the factor where the emotional realm sits the mental realm sits the it kind of connects the soul uh, the sorry your spirit with your body and it's it's that kind of like middle ground area i mean i'm not a, a bible scholar by any means and i'm not like somebody who has is 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 saying i have some strange revelation on this this is just coming from other ministers and and just reading the word of god knowing the difference between the spirit and the soul the word of god divides it So you get in the word, you can see the difference between the soul and the spirit. Your spirit man is born again. Your soul, your uh, emotion, your will, your intellect. Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2 talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to use the word of God. Why do you think uh, Joshua was told to meditate on the word day and night? It's because it would renew his mind and his thinking to understand what he was meant to believe, what he was meant to talk and it would, you know, the sower sows the word anyway, so it's sowing it into the heart. The word goes into the heart. And see, when your mind is thinking correctly, it will can connect to what's in the heart, and then you can speak correctly. And when we know we all know that when you speak correctly, you have what you say anyway. Whether it's negative or positive, when you speak in line with your with your heart, you will um, speak correctly and will have what you say, but your mind, if your thinking is skew with, it, it, it puts a real disjoint into your believing and your confessing. Your believing and your confessing is so connected, that's what I'm saying. But your mind is what processes all of that and connects everything together so that you think correctly. If your thinking is correctly, your speaking will be correct, your believing will be correct. If you're thinking correctly, your believing will be correct. It's all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like we, we analyze it and break it down to try and make it like separate blocks of things, but it all works together. If if you are not um Renewing your word of God, the word you sorry, renewing your mind to the word of God, your heart beat that beats the presence of God will will be misunderstood or misheard because your thinking's wrong. The Spirit of God might say something and to your heart, but your thinking is wrong and you interpret it wrong. You see, when someone says something to you, you process what they say, not necessarily on your heart, not necessarily on what you say, but your brain processes all of that kind of stuff and sends signals and your heart will respond and your emotions will rise up. Quite honestly, sometimes when people say things, your emotions get there before your heart does and if your mind is not renewed to the word of God, you will not be prospering in, in dealing with other people, in dealing with the word of God, in dealing with all these things. I hope I'm making myself clear. It's 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 one of those things that if we can understand the way we think and how we think by the word of God and speak the word of God and believe the word of God, this will effectively lay a foundation for you to increase your health physically. When you're trying to believe God for something, if your mind is thinking incorrectly say perhaps you think that god god has put this sickness and disease on you for a reason to teach you something if you think like that 
you no matter how much you look at the word and read the word and try and put it in your heart, if your brain isn't connected to the word of God and that it's that it's His will to heal you, no matter what. He see point number one uh, on this this broadcast. <coughs> you have to believe the word, and you believe the word with your heart. Yes, but your mind plays a big part in the prosperity of your spirit, soul, and body. Sickness and disease, um, you can shout at it, you can declare it, you can you can think that you, you're doing the right things, but if your brain and your mind is and your emotions are tilted in the and skew whiff of the word of God, it doesn't matter how much your heart wants to say God loves you. Your brain is saying, Well, God God put this sickness and disease on me, he mustn't love me, da 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 and it goes from there. When uh, 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 someone in your family constantly tells you something. And, it, it, you know, if they talk, constantly say they love you and they love you and they love you, but inside your brain says they're not showing me that they love, then no matter what that person does, how many times he tells you, this is why it's interesting to read the book called The Five Love Languages, because somebody could be expressing their love language to you, but you not receiving any of it because it's not your love language. If that person, if you're crying out for a hug and all that person does is says, I love you, you never receive their love and so you're we have to renew our mind to first john chapter 3 verse 1 and believe the love of god that is towards us you see god has put his word in place because i believe yes that's interesting one of the five love languages isn't reading there are things of like 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 sending people notes of affection gifts and things like that but it's not reading you don't read someone's love so what God's done is he's put his word in there, in here, on down on paper for us to focus on. Because when we focus on it and renew our mind, God can demonstrate his love in multiple ways. And you can receive it because you believe what he says written on his word. You don't believe what he says based on what he does or doesn't do for you in your life. We know we are born again because we have confessed Jesus Christ and the Lord and Savior. But the only real way we know. It's because it says it in here, because our feelings will come and go. You may feel saved today, but not feel saved tomorrow. And I, ho I hope this is coming across clearly, because in my mind, I've, I've, I've kind of developed these kind of thoughts over years and realized that the, the, the reality of it is I need to think correctly so that I speak correctly, so that my believing becomes correct and my believing and my speaking starts to line up Mark 11, 22 and 23. So, but John here adds that third aspect of saying that your soul prospers, and as your soul increases in strength and prospers, so does your physical prosperity, your spiritual prosperity, and your health and your body, and all these kind of things. Point number one in most effective way to receive your healing. I, I didn't put this in the title. I, I kind of came up with this title last night, but this this broadcast is the most effective way to receive your healing. Point number one is believe the word of God. How do you believe the word of God? You get it in your heart, get it in your mouth, and get it in your mind. And because this is one of the things that you, if you notice something, I can say something to you for 10 hours straight, and you could walk out the room and say something different, and you would believe what you said over what I said for 10 hours straight. You have to get this into your mouth 
because your mouth is what is connected directly to your spirit and your spirit and your emotions and your mind will believe your mouth over anything that anyone else says as a primary fact. If you want to believe the word of God, you need to get it in your mouth. See, there's no amount of praying that will change certain things in your life. You can pray till you're you're old and decrepit. But if you don't put the word into actions by putting it into your mouth and believing it, prayer without faith is is, is dead anyways. It's not going to work. We've got to have a confidence. But if you just pray, God, please do this. God, please do this. God, please do this. And never find out in the word and find out what he actually did. You're going to struggle to receive your healing. You're going to struggle to receive salvation. You can believe that God exists for all your life and never confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The word is neither even on in your mouth, Romans says. The word must be in your mouth. Believe what you say. And when you believe what you say, you'll become born again. You confess Jesus Christ as Lord. That's how it works in the beginning. And why would God, why would God introduce um, say what, why, if you wake up, when you wake up in the morning and you have your breakfast, you don't go through the rest of the day trying to figure out a different way to get energy. You know that you eat, you need to eat food. You need to eat calories. You need to eat healthy food. You need to eat good food. You need to eat lots of food, little food, depending on, on what the situation is. But you know that eating is how you gain substance. Well, spiritually, it's exactly the same thing. Spiritually, you gain substance by feeding on the word of God, by putting it in your mouth and speaking it. And when you speak it, you believe it. So you believe the word of God. See, the word says that he sent his word to heal them. He sent his word. So he sent this Bible. He sent the words of God. He sent the, the things of God to actually heal you. That's the whole point of him sending his word. It wasn't just to heal you spiritually. It was to heal you spirit, soul, and body. Your, your soul prospers. Your body prospers. When you understand that the word of God was, was by his stripes, I was healed. He, he, you know, if you look at Isaiah, and I, I love this passage of scripture, verse, scripture verses, and it's prophesying. And and you, if you dare even try and go there and tell me this isn't talking about spiritual, um, physical things, then we'll, we'll look at that in a split second. He was despised in Isaiah 53, verse 3. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of of our peace was upon him. And by by his stripes we are healed. Jesus was acquainted with grief, which means, uh, which is a, uh, uh, um, a Hebrew word, I'm not going to try and pronounce, which means uh, malady, anxiety, calamity, disease, grief, sickness. It's from the uh, Hebrew root word, which means to be weak, sick, afflicted, to make sick, be dis- be diseased, to put to grief, be grieved, put to pain, be sorrow, become weak, be wounded. See, he carried this stuff for us. Disease, sickness, anguish, pain, sorrow. He was wounded. By his stripes, by his bruises, we were healed. 
Jesus went to that cross and took the curse of the law on us. And the wages of sin is what? Death. And when he took that curse on him and he became and made a curse for us, as Galatians 3 says, he took sickness and disease on us. It's included. Everything's included. You, you know, sin and is the results of sin is going to be sickness, disease, poverty. You, you go a, a mess around sexually and you will ha eventually pay the price physically. You go around drinking too much alcohol, you will pay the price physically. If you drink too much Coca-Cola, you'll pay the price physically. I'm not saying necessarily drinking Coca-Cola is sin, but drinking too much Coca-Cola could well be. Yeah? So it's going to affect you. The wages of sin is death. So Jesus took everything on him, the curse, everything on him. And that's what he did. He took that on him. And by his stripes, we were healed. He did that so that me and you could be made whole. And if you go to Matthew chapter 8, which was where I was going to start. And if you believe the word and you understand the word, you can see this so quite, quite clearly. When Jesus entered P Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother, verse 14, lying sick with a fever. Matthew 8. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she rose and served him. And listen to verse 16. When the evening came, they brought to him many who were possessed with demons. And he cast out the spirits, what, listen to this, with his word. And healed all who were sick. So if he can cast out the devils with his word, we can do the same with his word. And healed. So you could say cast out the spirits with his word. Or you could cast out the spirits and with his word he healed all who were sick. To fulfill what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. That's the correct translation of Isaiah. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So once you understand that, once you believe the word of God, once you understand that God has done something for you, he has reached down and sent his word to heal you. You then need to look at the next few steps and start to see, how do I receive that healing? Because God's done it for me. So how do I pull it out? And how do I believe it? Same spirit raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells within you, makes alive your mortal body. So it's working on the inside of you. But how do you connect to that healing? Well, the centurion gives us a very good, um, simple, top-level believing God. Can you get healed through other ways? Yes, you can get healed through laying on the hands. The effective prayer of a righteous man avail as much as someone, and you, you know, call for the elders and they'll lay hands on you. But James there, when he was talking about having hands laid on you by the elders, wasn't really talking about Christians who'd been around for very long. He was talking about new, born, new, immature baby Christians who perhaps didn't know what to do. You and I, if you're listening to this broadcast and you spent some time listening to this broadcast, you and I know more than a, a, a baby Christian. We need to understand how to receive our healing so that we are a, a blessing to other people. We're not trying to get healed from somebody else. We're not trying to get... See, most Christians look the devil in the eye and pray that other people will deal with him for them. They're sitting there with their, their, their gun, the, the word of God, on their mouth, ready to say, but they freeze and they, they, and they, and they, they fall to pieces. And looking into this, this, this big, fearful monster that they see with their their natural eyes and they freeze and they hope that somebody's going to come alongside them and pray and destroy the works of the enemy for them but no you see me and you have the word of god on our lips and when we speak what does it say submit to god resist the devil and he will flee from you we're not meant to 
get other people to try and get the rid, rid, rid of the devil for us. We're meant to stand in our authority as Christians and believers. And as you walk and carry the presence of God, as you walk and you have the word of God living in your heart and in your mind and in your mouth, you won't sit there and just wait for the enemy to leave. You'll boldly declare the word of God. My blog post today that I've put on the website, go read it, boldly go. You know, when you spend time with in the presence of Jesus, this this scripture verse in Acts. Let me just see this. I keep going off on tangents. I will finish these points before today's out. But in in the book of Acts, chapter four, just to link in with my uh, blog post, let's find the scripture verse. Verse 13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were illiterate and uneducated men, they marveled and they recognized they had been with Jesus. You see, when you get in his word, who, what is the word? The word is the word is Jesus made. Jesus was the word made flesh. Let me get it right way around. So the word of God is, is essentially Jesus himself. Everything that he did on this earth demonstrated what the word of God says we can do. So when we have spent time in his word, there's something that comes on the infinite inside of us. There's the boldness or the, the confidence. And we've got a privilege of boldness. First John 5 uh, says, if you look in the Amplified Classic, it says the privilegedness of boldness. We have, we have a right to be bold. And when we're submitted to God, we can be bold and the enemy will flee before us because we speak the word, operate in faith and the grace of God empowers us to be bold and to speak the word of God. You see, the centurion just said to Jesus, speak the word only. You don't have to come into my house. And Jesus recognized that that was the highest level of faith. You speak the word only and things get done because there's a boldness because you're speaking it out of the the relationship that you have with God. See, when I when I say something on behalf of somebody else, if I say it weakly and say, oh, I think maybe, maybe, um, maybe the pastor would like you to do this. And, and he's, he, he's, he's asking, he's asked me nicely to, to perhaps me, maybe ask you to, to perhaps, perhaps stand over there and open the door for someone. And, and that's what I'd like you to do. If I do that, the person might go, oh, well, the pastor really doesn't care. He's not really equipped this this person to, to tell me what to do or whatever. But if I go and ask somebody, say, can you go stand over by the door? It's essential for the, the welcome team. It's essential for, for the local church. Put a smile on your face. Love people. It's like, come on. And I don't mention the pastor. That person will probably re respond. Now, if he back chats to me and says I don't want to do that what who's told you to tell me to do that and I can then say well actually I work for the the church the pastor's told me to do this this is my job you either do this or you're no longer part of the team because that's got boldness I've got authority backing me you've got authority backing you when you speak the word of God the glory of God is your rear guard nothing can sneak up behind you you face your enemies and look them in the eye and you throw that mountain in the sea. No demon in hell can stop me. Sickness and disease cannot stop you. If you face it down with the word of God, you, the, the centurion said to Jesus, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And Jesus did that. And from that moment, from that moment, his, the servant started to get healed. A double-minded man, as we know in James 
doesn't receive anything from God. So if you're going to speak something, speak what you want to happen rather than what you think is going to happen. Believe. Your believer is an important part. You are a believer. Once you've done that, once you've spoken the word of God, and you release your faith as you speak. You see, when you speak and you've got that boldness, you're releasing faith. So then you move on to point number three. Do not waver. Do not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Do not be knocked into a double-minded person. Stay the course. Stay the course and focus on what God's told you to say because it's in his word. That's what he's told you to say. You ask and you pray in faith without wavering, James says, verse 6. For he who wavers is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed with the wind. Let not that man think that he will receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. This is why the word of God is written down for us to read. Because when you focus on it and read it and confess it, you will be single-minded. You won't be looking at um, the the gospel according to Fred. You won't be looking at the 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 well-meaning steps of wholeness and from some guru in another country that's not you discount all that because you know the word of god is true jesus himself is declared true and faithful in the book of revelation he is faithful to his word he is faithful to what he said because it's him who said it he is and god jesus said he and the father are one in john 17 and the glory that god gave jesus he has given to us how amazing is that? When we operate in these things and we understand that just believing the word of God, believing that the word of God was sent to heal me, believing the word of God that I speak it and I, the devil flees from me, believing that I, as I speak, my faith is released and my faith is the substance of things hoped for. This is fundamentals of faith, part five, isn't it? Or part four. We do not waver. And number five, having you, what you when you've done this principle, once you believe the word of God, once you've spoken it, once you've decided, I will not waver, I will not be thrown away, around by it. I speak the word of God, and the word of God says that by his stripes I was healed, that I am redeemed from the curse of the law. All sickness and diseases under the curse of the law. I speak to my body, and I call it healed and well and strong. Let the weak say that I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. These things we speak, not seeing things in the natural, to immediately we don't look to what we see in the natural, but we speak what we see in the spiritual and the word is spirit and the word is truth and the word will come to pass as you speak it. Then you stand, having done all the stand, Ephesians 5 says, standing, standing. And while you stand, what do you do? You praise. I love the scripture verse in um, Philippians as we look to close. Rejoice in the Lord always. If Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. And again I will say rejoice. Let everyone come 
know your to know your gentleness. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand when you rejoice and he is working in your life. You praise him. You praise him. And it says in verse 6, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer, supplication, with gratitude, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God surpasses all understanding will protect your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, what things are true, what things are honest, what things are just, whatever things are pure, pure whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's any praise think on these things do not do those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me and the god of peace will be with you you rejoice you lift up and it says in the next verse i rejoice in the lord greatly that you that now at last you have received your concern for me etc etc he's rejoicing paul's rejoicing everything he does is just a constant stream of praise you see when these first one two three four five points before you get to this point when however important points i said if you're taking notes i <laughs> i'm looking at my notes thinking i don't know how many points i gave you but the reality is if when you get to those points should not take six years to develop they should take six minutes Say, God, I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to speak the word. I release my faith when I speak the word and I believe what I say. And then I'm going to not waver and I'm going to stand. And then the next step is with the step that you take that sees you through to the complete victory. Your standing of praise is the key that the other steps get you to. The key is praise. All those other steps are just setting the foundation for you to release the praise, for you to release the worship, for you to release the declarations of faith. You build your faith and it bubbles up rivers of living water flowing freely from your mouth. Ephesians talks about being filled with the Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, it's the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and it's making alive your mortal body. It's flowing. It's flowing. This is where divine health starts to kick in. Because if you're constantly living in this realm of praise, how can the devil get near you? How can the enemy attack you? Because you've got a wall of protection, a wall of praise. We praise him. We praise him. We praise him. We raise a hallelujah. We raise a hallelujah and we declare that no matter what the situation looks like, no matter what the storm looks like, we declare peace. Jesus didn't stand on the boat and and omen ah, he just declared peace. You be still storm. You be still. You are trying to prevent me from going to the other side. I said I was going to the other side. Now you shut up. You be quiet. You lay flat. And the waters immediately settled. And the boat immediately, wherever they were, ended up wherever they were supposed to be. In the midst of your praise, you can declare the victory of God. You can lift up his name. You can praise him. And you get your eyes off of what you're looking at. And you get your eyes onto him. And when you get your eyes onto him, nothing, things go strangely dim. That song. Look onto the eyes. Looking onto him. I can't remember the words. I'm not good with lyrics. But the things of this world grow strangely dim when we turn our eyes on Jesus. Turn our eyes on Jesus. That's it. You know, the woman who wrote that song was blind. (laughs) Turn your eyes on Jesus. And all the things of this world go strangely dim. No matter what you're facing, you're the man who's built a house on the rock. The chief cornerstone, the foundation, the word of the living God. And your structure stands firm 
in the midst of everything. You're, the most effective way to receive your healing is to build your faith on the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. Release your faith in that Word and say, I am having it. It's mine. I take it. I believe. I receive my healing. And then I and I make the determined, determined decision to not waver, but to believe the word only. And I will continue to praise him with the lips of my mouth. And I will worship him, declaring he is Lord. And the victory that I have that lives on the inside of me, my faith is world overcoming victory. Jesus says, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. What a great day to praise him. Not because the sun is shining, because his word says that he has met your every need according to his riches in glory. And that glory lives on you, in you, around you. And as we worship, as we praise, as we look forward to Sunday, this is a Friday broadcast, Feel Good Friday, we should be gearing up to Sunday where we can just overflow with our praise. You see, on a Friday, if you start praising him on a Friday, you wake up on Saturday and you praise him. You get to church on Sunday. This isn't a weak, crippled church. This is a church that has its front foot forward, worshiping God in the local church, praising him in the local church and the glory of God. And as we gather together, the gathering of Jesus Christ overflows from our hearts and the worship and the praise changes situations and circumstances. And we begin to affect our region, nevertheless, our, our own individual lives. We affect other people. We're blessed to be a blessing get to church this week god loves you jesus is lord share the broadcast subscribe all those kind of different things you know where to find me gospelpursuits.uk uh new blog post today boldly go so let's get out there t- today enjoy your day enjoy your job um, and i will see you next week for Whatever we're preaching on next week, I think we're going to stick with faith fundamentals. So we're going to keep developing that and keep working on that. Thank you very much for watching. See you later. Bye-bye.